young German, Oli Zeidler, only been uh, in the sport for 18 months, coming from swimming, the Donauhude Club, Osman. See, Oli Zeidler, I mean, you know, 5.42 this man pulls on the earth, but, you know, 18 months into the sport, Sam, and you are, what, leading uh, the World Cup field? Is that possible? Uh, he's still currently leading at uh, 35 strokes a minute. His advantage is about half a length ahead of Andre Schinnick of all people. See, the thing is, you know, if you pull 5.42, that's fine, but can you match it in the single? Yeah. You know, he's got the weight off the feet. There's no weight on the feet. He's allowing the boat to come towards him. Tim Olanaska, but it looks as if Oli Zeidler and Robbie Manson are going to win their respective selection battles. What a shot of Seidler there. A little bit ostracised because he's from Munich in the German team. But if he does Tim Olenaska in this race, he may be the German skull at the World Championship for someone who's just been in the sport for 18 months. That will be sensational. So powerful on the ergometer. Second is Oli Seidler from Germany. He beats Sinek and uh, Mahe Dreisel finishes fourth. After competing on the international rowing circuit for a number of years and racing at the Rio Olympics, we realized that each athlete has an epic story and a journey behind every performance, and there's so much more to the Olympics than just that final race. We know the passion we have for sport is shared by thousands of others around the world, and we want to bring these stories to you. On the row show, we have a look behind the scenes to understand the journey each athlete has taken to get to the Olympics. We get into the years of work and dedication and the hardships an athlete has to endure to have a chance of standing on the greatest sporting stage in the world and a chance for glory. Welcome to the row show. We are your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jay Green. This is a podcast we're going to be going into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. It's a role as high fit. Passion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate goal. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another epic episode of The Row Show. This is uh, one of your hosts, Lawrence Britton. And this is Jake. Um, in this episode, we're talking to... Uh, New face in the sport, Oliver Ziedler, and he is already um, a force to be reckoned with in the single skull circuit, picking up medals at all the World Cups and finishing sixth at this year's World Champs. Um, really exciting stuff, and we speak about his, his start in rowing, his swimming career a little bit, and what else, Lawrence? Yeah, so, I mean, it really was uh, such an epic chat with him. Uh, we get into his family, who he has uh, medals at the Olympics from his uh, grandparents through to his uh, aunt and his dad is his coach, so rowing runs thick in the family. His sister's also a rower, and he tried to break free and go into the swimming route. It didn't work out so but, well for uh, that. Yeah, after not qualifying for the 2016 Games through swimming, he tried it out in the single, and then the bug hooked, and just like all of us, he committed hard. Except, what he didn't do like all of us is, you know, a lot of, uh, actually every single rower I know you know, they start at school and they have huge respect for anyone that gets on the rowing machine and anyone that can get on the rowing machine and break seven minutes on their on their first tries is pretty impressive. But uh, not for, for Oli. He gets on the ERG, first ever ERG trial, yeah, 5.50. So you got to listen in and uh, see what he says about that. But that is not messing around. This guy's an absolute beast on that yeah. machine so no, he, he is a beast and yeah and it's also epic to hear what his plans are for the future and going towards the next olympics but we will leave all of that um 
for you guys to decide what you guys enjoy and uh for now the episode's coming up so enjoy what we what we what we talk to you with ollie yeah enjoy the show let's get going so today we have uh legend ollie zeibler on on the row show so yeah welcome thanks for giving us your time ollie and welcome to the show yeah thanks for having me um my name is oliver zeibler um i had my first senior season this year in 2018 managed to win um, two bronze medals and one silver medal at the World Cups and win the overall World Cup for Germany in the single skulls event and then I went um, sixth place in the World Championships at Loftif. This, this was my season this year. Awesome. All right. And then, Oli, to start the interview off, we, we all know that you started rowing really recently and beforehand you did swimming. But I'm interested in why did you start swimming in the first place when you come from a family of lots of rowers? Was it, um, was it more of a, a thing to break the mold or did you want to try something a bit different? Well, I was pretty young and um, my parents said that I'm a bit too young for starting to row. So I just um, started with swimming, was quite successful there and then there was no reason for um, changing the sport. And that's why I um, swam for such a long time. Okay. And then was uh, what was the main decision to, to switch from swimming to rowing? Well, um, I didn't make it to the um, Rio Olympics in 2016 in swimming. Um, some of my teammates did, some others didn't. And in the end, everyone just broke up with swimming so everyone was retired then and I added um, three more months after the Rio Olympics uh, with swimming and then I said uh, it's no fun anymore for me um, to swim so I just um, retired to did one month nothing and yeah that's, that's it how it ends okay and, and then yeah because like cause swimming is quite it's it's a little bit more intense as as a younger athlete like I think Rose you know, generally take a long time to get into rowing, usually starting to, to get good in their middle 20s, where swimming, I mean, it's you at around 20, 21, you're starting to, to hit your, your peak speed. Yeah, you can say that. You can train um, harder because the sport um, is very um, body-friendly, I would say. You don't, you don't put um, that much pressure on the back or any other parts of your body in swimming, so you can perform quite well in young years there with hard training okay and and what were your best results uh, as a swimmer what are your your top uh, performances i was multiple times um german champion in the h class and in the open class with our relay in munich in munich with the munich team um and then i um won a silver medal in the and uh, 19 European Championships in 2014 with the 100 freestyle relay there. All right, and then um, you you ended your swimming career. It must have been, um, I, I guess your family must have been quite uh, happy when you when you changed off to rowing. Tell us what it was like getting into the skull for the first time in September 2016. I'm sure it must have been an interesting experience. Yeah, it was um, more... Uh, spontaneous thing after the um, I saw the world championship of my sister in Rotterdam she was there as a um, junior 
Um, my aunt was also there as a coach for Australia, and she just said, um, yeah, well, you would fit in perfectly in the sport. Uh, just try it out. And then I went to the Regatta Corsi in Munich with my dad one um, week later, and we tried it out. Of course, I fell into the water in, at the first session, but um, it catched me. Um, some kind of um, motivation was in me to learn rowing to make this boat fast and yeah that's how it started so it was very spontaneous so is that the first time you'd uh, been involved in rowing you hadn't been on the erg or anything before before that um i had we have an erg in our um basement in our hobby room um so i used it sometimes but as a swimmer i haven't had that much time for training other sports than swimming because you um train two to three times um, a day um, and you have to do that in the water to don't lose the feeling in the water so um, there was not much time left for any other sports than swimming well I think uh, that gives uh, quite a good indication of your your family's uh, rowing dynamic just saying that uh, you have a erg in your hobby room yeah <laughs> but uh, we're gonna get That's back right. uh, we're gonna get to your family your family just now um, I'll, Ali, I'll, I'm interested to, I mean, when you did your cross training on the ergo for swimming, were you at all aware that you had big potential to pull really fast numbers? I mean, did your, did your, your father or your mother look at the ergo screen and, and say, um, listen, Ali, you, you actually can pull some really fast times or were you completely unaware that you had the potential to be very quick? No, I didn't know that. Um, and my family didn't really realize that when I, um, something on the erg i think the times i pulled during my swimming career on the erg hadn't been that good it was always a 10k just for endurance training but um no 2k just to check out um how to compare to the world class athletes in rowing when was the when was the first time you realized that um wait a minute i actually i've got some some big potential here to pull a really fast time i mean did you start using the ergo more after that September um, sculling session? Well, um, I after the September sculling session, I used the rowing for some cross-training um, next to swimming about once a week um, until February, March 2017. And um, the point when I realized that I am really competitive in the sport and that I wanted to do it um, more seriously was in... Um, February 2017, when there was the German indoor rowing championship, where I pulled a 540 on uh, 550 on the erg. This was my first um, benchmark I had there, Jeez. and I was able to um, beat the Olympic champion of 2012, Tim Groman. He was in the um, in the quad there and won gold. And then I just realized that maybe. I have got serious potential to achieve more in the sport than I could ever reach in swimming. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Considering that meantime. most rowers, when they're starting, if they, uh, I mean, usually they're under sixteen or so, but if they, um, if they're pulling under around seven minutes, they they're pretty chuffed with the, that starting benchmark. So pulling a five fifty as a as a starting benchmark um, must have been a really a really cool feeling. Yeah, definitely. 
I'm I'm interested to to hear if you if you could uh, if you feel that you could maybe go faster and even um, get to the world record. Yes, this is some kind of a dream because um, one of my first role models in rowing after my grandfather was Rob Waddell, and when I started with um, indoor rowing, I just saw his world record, which was just beaten this year, of course, but. Um, he became an Olympic champion in twenty uh, in two thousand, um, and before he just set a world record. And this is some kind of goal I want to achieve to to set the world record someday, and of course become Olympic champion. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so then, and then in your your next year, so now then you started picking up on rowing, and you and you started to to row a little bit more, and then. That year you raced uh, the German national national circuit, and uh, as far as we can see, you came third at the under twenty three German trials or German champs. Yes, this, this is correct. This was um, about four months after I started with the serious rowing training after the indoor championships. Um, our our plan was to compete in a Bavarian, so in our local championship this year. But then um, there was the chance to compete here in Munich at my home course. For the German trials for the U23s, then we said, "Yeah, just just check it out," and it went very well. In the end, I became third in the final, and this was um, my qualification for the U23 European Championships. Then, because I hadn't uh, wasn't competing in all other selection um, races we had here in Germany, so I wasn't able to go to the U23 World Championships, but. Of course, when you're only four months into the sport, you don't expect um, even to go to any international regatta this yeah. year. So, so then up to that point, had you you'd only rowed in the in the single, or had you done a little bit of uh, some crew boats at that point? Um, I was a few times at the double with some um, local guys here, but I decided to go in the single because I was more um, flexible in my time. I'm studying and working next to the sport, so I have to be a bit more flexible in my schedule for training and everything. Okay. Uh, what uh, just uh, what do you what do you study and and what work do you do? Um, in university, I'm studying um, business law, and I'm working in a tax consultancy in a, one of the big fours here in Germany, where I also did my um, traineeship after my A level. And yeah. Okay. Very cool. So a busy a busy schedule. Yes, of course. I, I know how to use my time, let's say that. <laughs> so um so just talk us through that process. So from the those first races after four months of being in the sport, talk us through the process from there uh to your first international race uh at World Cup One this year. Well, it was uh, really when you start in a sport, you you have got a huge um, advantage to other athletes, I think, because uh, when you're absolutely new, you feel every improvement and you have the possibility to improve in every training, and that's what I did um, in the in the last years from, let's say the the trials, the German trials for the U23 um, World Championships 2017 to the first World Cup, I just went crazy in training, really. It was an uh, improvement which I c- couldn't believe in. 
I went to the national test in winter in in Dortmund in de in December 2017. Uh, yeah, um, where we always do a 2K Earth test, and in the next day we do a 6K race. And they set me um, behind all the um, senior level rowers in the 7K uh, 6K event, and um, I was faster than all of them. Just the lightweight, Jason Osborne, um, who broke the world record this year in the single skulls after lightweights, um, was faster than me there. Then we've got another test there. We um, It was in March, I think, March 2018. There was the same procedure, 2K test on the first day and then a 6K on the second day. And this time I was able to win this thing. and. Yeah, then I, there was huge respect from all sides, of course, for the German trials, where I only became third, unfortunately. Didn't made it um, to qualify for the single um, directly. So I had to go um, in the double qualification, where, I, um, where we um, also made it to qualify for the World Cups, but I wasn't really um, convinced that this combination we wrote there is internationally um, competitive. So I decided to um, start in Belgrade in the single again, where I made a medal. And this was still the point of my um, career, I would say, where I realized that I am I can be a big thing in the sport because um, I rode 1,500 meter ahead of the reigning world champion to this time, Andre Sinek, one of my greatest um, role models in rowing. And this was just crazy. And this was even a higher motivation than to keep on improving and everything. Yeah, yes, it's, uh, that's quite an incredible story, I must say. I think the, the highlights that I really liked is how you talk about when you started rowing, how you know that constant improvement every day is, is feeling better and you, you're learning new things. And that's just uh, really, really cool to, to hear how you, how you think about that. Also, we have a lot of yeah. um, a lot of the other guys speak about that. Just having that progression, and then also, I'm sure, uh, starting quite late, you just your mind is open. You know, you're not you don't have any bad habits or you know any things that you'd learned picked up from school that you had to now yeah, you've got change. To lose. Yeah, just the thing. Very cool. And then um, and then also how you say like when you you pull those, those first big times on the erg and you get the respect from the the whole team. I think it's, you know, rowing is quite unique where that erg is just everyone has so much respect for the erg. And if you pull big times on the erg, you, you straight away, you know, there's no, there's no way you can fake those, those times. So people straight away know that uh, have that respect for you. I really think that the first um, impression of all the athletes was when they saw my times on the 2K that I am only able to um, row fast on the erg but not in the single but um, at these national tests where the 6k is actually in a boat so you row on a channel uh, on a on the water not um, on the erg oh, on the okay. second day um, yeah they realized that this is some some serious uh, competition for them too yeah and then Oli you I mean you've you've spoken about how you've made such massive progress throughout the year technically um, physically and through competition. Um, I'm just interested to listen to what are the main aspects in training and on the water did you work on to improve? Well, I had 
had um, quite good physics because of my long year swimming career. Um, so I, there was not that much change in my training program. The most of the effort I put on my technique training, um, which I still have to improve. I know that, but um, yeah, this was the rest of the training was nothing I I wasn't used to. So I knew how how it works, and that's it. And uh, I'm sure it must be it must be nice to come from such a big rowing family that there's this wealth of knowledge and experience to draw upon to help you improve. Um, it must be it must be nice to have um, your your family around you to help you learn and um, progress through the technical aspects of the rowing stroke. Yes, definitely. It's it's coming from first hand. There's uh, so much experience in my dad and my grandfather's um, trainings and yeah I'm definitely um, profit from that knowledge yeah so let's uh, let's go into the bit of your family I think um, you know it's there's, there's so many people in your family that have been massive in rowing and, and have huge results so why don't you give us a little bit of a, of a highlights package of uh, straight all the way from your grandfather your aunt, your sister, just give us a, a bit of a of a summary of how, how your family is involved in rowing. Yes, my um, grandfather um, was an Olympic champion in 1972. Four years later, he became um, a bronze medalist at the Olympics. And um, just to um, call my father, um, he is um, a junior world champion in 1991 and um, my aunt so my father my father's sister um, also became Olympic champion in um, 88 in the um, in the eighth event and a bronze medalist in 1992 in the eight so this is my family's history it's coming from both sides from my mother's side um, because my grand was my my grandfather is the father of my my mom and of course from my father's side yeah it's actually so crazy that uh, both sides of your family have this uh, rich history in rowing did your parents uh, meet through rowing yes they met at a regatta in finland okay. actually <laughs> that's yeah. quite a quite a crazy story and how involved your your family is in uh, in how well they've done is is really awesome yeah, and, and Ali, I'm, I'm interested here, you must have felt a, uh, a little bit of pressure t- or you must have been under a bit of pressure uh, as, a, as a growing up to maybe give the rowing thing a try. Um, I wouldn't say that, that there was pressure. Um, it was just something new I wanted to try. And yeah, it's, it's what I like. So um, there was not a problem with anything in my mind that there could be any pressure. Okay, and then and then your your younger sister is also uh, rowing and and performing quite well at the the under twenty threes and stuff. So, is there quite a lot of competition between you two in your family? Well, she started rowing um, before me, so she was um, in the beginning she was better. So this was the first competition for me to get faster in a single than her. <laughs> but um, now there's not really a competition. I think we. Um, help each other quite well in training when there's 
just another boat next to each other because we are training in Munich here most time on our own and this is the thing how we um, help each other but there's no real competition um, between us. Yeah also because my family is also uh, fairly involved in rowing and that's just that uh, positive sort of energy that positive vibes uh, and like everyone just pushing each other on more than uh, competition between each other. Is, is quite that's big. great yeah. yeah and Oli so your your grandfather he competed uh, mostly in the Cox 4 I'm interested to hear if you would um, in the future maybe try sweep rowing just um, to give that uh, maybe swap disciplines and see what you can do there would that would you ever th- consider doing something like that um, well in the end I will um, make the decision so not my grandfather or my father but yeah. um at the moment, I don't think that, um, that I will change um, to sweep rowing before the 20, uh, 20 Olympics. And after that, I am i don't know how we um, can move on. So yeah, maybe I, mean, I change the boat class or I stay in single or in any other um, sculling boat. Um, I'm open for everything. So there's nothing that I don't like sweep rowing or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure there must be. Um, um, is there any part of you that would be would obviously like to get involved in the, the crew boat racing? Because I mean, it's it obviously provides such a different dynamic um, to the single. I mean, it must be something you could also you're also interested in trying out. Yeah, I um, must say that this is definitely a nice feeling to um, sit in a good running boat in a for uh, in a quad or. In, on eight i also raced in some eight um races the last years just for fun of course but um the dynamic of the boat is really different to the the dynamic you have in the singer and uh it's great to feel um how eight people are pulling a boat forward and you have got many advantages of course um rowing in a crew boat but at the moment i i like rowing in a singer (laughs) Yeah, so I think we'll, we'll come back to, to the eight just now. Um, I want you to go back to the technical aspects through the, through the season because was, what was very noticeable for us was how, especially your start sequence, so that first uh, World Cup was, was a little tricky out the blocks for you, but by the end of the season, you were managing to put some, some real damage down out the start. Um, was that, was the, that, that first World Cup, was the, the start quite a, quite a shock for you? Well, I wasn't really into the starting thing. I just uh, learned how to move a boat quick um, on the course. And starting, um, I think I had maybe 30 starts before this World Cup. So compared to other guys out there, um, it's nothing. And meanwhile, I'm also quite good in starting. Could be even better, but um, we are working on that. And... We have got one and a half year left to fix all the problems at the start I have. Yeah, um, and I'm sure you'll you'll make even more progress. Um, I think that that first race that you did, uh, that A final at World Cup one, um, one of my favorite parts about it is the the commentary. Martin Cross uh, completely wrote you off in the beginning because you you came that that second half of the first 500. You really put uh, big damage into the field. And he kind of said, oh, you, you're new in the sport and you've gone out too hard. You're not going to hold on to, to this sort of speed. And then coming through the thousand, you're still moving on. 
and only towards the, the the last bit of the race did the other guys sort of catch up to you but it wasn't you blowing or anything so that was a really <laughs> epic part to to watch that happen yeah i must say that i like this race from belgrade very much just to watch the uh, review of that it's <laughs> one of my one of the points of my career i will um of course, my career is not that long, so I have maybe three points of my career which really are special for me, which really um, made my way, and one of them is definitely the Belgrade um, final. So then for, for next season, what are the, the big changes or improvements that you, you're looking to make uh, technically or physically for, for next season? Well, we have to um, improve a bit in our physics just to make sure that I can um, stand the 2K in a very, very fast, uh, in a faster way than last year. And the the uh, main goal for this year is to win one gold medal in any international regatta with a big competition. This is the goal for next year and yeah. The other things, I think we don't have to change many things in our training. It went pretty well, and it's just uh, improving now, checking the times from last year and comparing them to this year, and always make a step up. Yeah, and then Oli, you you mentioned earlier a little bit about getting involved with the German team. And I mean, the, the German rowing team is a, is a big system that is very successful. Um, just talk to us about, you know, Getting involved in such a big system with that has so many rowers and athletes around. It must be quite inspiring and motivating to be part of of a, a big group of of people that are so determined to do so well. Yes, for me, it's really fun to be part of the team now. So um, in the beginning, I always said that that they really um, my uh, were minoring me on my earth um, thing, but um, now I'm really part of the team. I am glad to be there and train with them it's always fun with the guys um, and of course it's also a bit difficult when you have got such a um, big system keep it running from the um, head coach's side so they have to make their decisions which might be not always the best of course but uh, yeah and I then think so, so do you? Does the team train fairly together, or is the is it spread out over over Germany? So, in the last years, we have got um, many different points where um, training places where we trained. Um, this year, in just a few days before, they really put all the scholars together in Hamburg to give them the opportunity to train there. Um, and yeah, that's how they do it at the moment. Okay, so you training uh, with a lot of the sculling guys, and then the the sweep or section is is completely separate. Yes, they separated the the, um, the sweepers and the scholars from each other, and also the men and the women. So um, we have got four four to three places in Germany where at the moment the national team is training. I haven't joined the um, Hamburg team. Um, yet because um, I I'm still studying. I have got my last um, exams now okay. this semester, and um, also my bachelor um, thesis, which I have to write, just to make sure that for the 2020 Olympics um, I have got really one year off to concentrate only on sport. Yes. And I think this is more important than now moving and um, 
yeah, putting um, the exams and the thesis at a later point, this wouldn't make sense. Yes. Okay. And then, Ali, in when you got obviously involved 2018 this year in the rowing system, one of the big talking points at the Third World Cup was the rivalry with um, Tim, Tim Olnaski. Talk to us a bit about it. It must have been quite a, an intense experience going up against a strong comp- competition um, just to get your place at World Champs. And you, I'm supposed that also in that sense must have taught you a lot about racing, just to be involved in such a competitive um, relationship from the get-go. Yeah, well, um, our first race against each other was the was the German trial, actually. So where we went, um, he became first place and I became third place. Um, then we had um, our World Cup in Linz, where we also competed against each other. He became second, I became third. And then the head coach said that we have to um, qualify for the World Championships on the last World Cup. This competition, in my opinion, made us um, a lot stronger than in the years before when you just watch um, Tim Ola's races um, in 2017. He wasn't close to the to any podium at this point, and this time he won a medal at the second World Cup, a silver medal, which is sensational, of course. So I think it's a big benefit, this um, head-to-head we went there, and also the competition we have got within the team. Yeah, and especially because you both of you are, are, are fairly young, especially when you're looking at the, the whole uh, sculling field. You guys are on the, yeah, the young the side. Yeah, we have the same age, yeah. So it's, uh, it's still, it shows that there's still a lot uh, more to come from both of you. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, and then do you, is it, is it quite, um, the, the relationship between you and Tim, is it very uh, hectic and, and competitive or are you guys uh, still friends, friendly off the water? Well, he's in Hamburg, I'm in Munich, so we don't see each other quite often. We um, were roommates in a training camp um, before all the trials and everything. Okay. And we, um, yeah, we was fine, had been fine with each other, so there was no problem. Um, of course, when there comes the competition and someone will pick up your seat in the, in the boat, then there is a big competition and rivalry. Uh, we became rivals, of course, then. Yes. But, uh, and then will will you have to do the the same uh, again this next coming season? Will you will you both try for the the skull again? I will definitely go for the for the single skull next year to make sure to qualify for the world championships hopefully earlier without the um, inner German competition then um, on the World Cups. But if there's another scholar um, who wants to be in the single skull at the World Championships, then I'm happy about any competition. As I said, I think this makes made me even stronger than without any competition from a German side. And um, Oli, we're going to move into talking about your, your training philosophies and, and more of your mental game towards racing and training. Um, back to swimming, I'm interested to hear... Um, the big changes that you felt going from 50 meter and 100 meter swims to 2000 meter racing because those two those are two different very different distances and times of comp- competing what were the big changes that you felt when you made the switch the big change was mainly in the training of course i switched from swimming into a rowing boat 
this was uh, the main difference. The thing is, um, as a swimmer, I also um, trained with many middle or long course guys. Uh, so with 400 and 1,500 meter freestyle specialists in our team in Munich. So I had quite um, good endurance training already. Okay. So was the, the volume of training, was that very, very similar between the, the swimming and the, the, the rowing? Um, I must say that I did even more training as a swimmer than I do <laughs> as a rower. Oh, I think a lot of rowers will, um, be, surprised will that. be surprised with that, with that answer. Um, the next uh, the next question, Oli, is I'm interested to hear what personal habits or routines do you feel gives you an edge over your competition? Well, it's the routine I have uh, from swimming for the last years. Of course, when you are into competitive sport, you know how to prepare for a race and I know how what my body needs. I know what my body brings to to needs to bring the perfect uh, power on on time, just for the race. And this is what um, what's what my routine is. So even the routine I have before a race didn't change um, from rowing to swimming. It's it's still the same. Okay, so um, it's quite uh, it's quite cool to to chat to somebody that has uh, done two sports because I think uh, you know most rowers they've been rowing since uh, they were thirteen, fourteen, and it's just rowing and they have very little perspective on uh, different different sports and the training and different uh, different sports. But just overall for you, how what does performance mean to you? Like what does uh, what do you think of when you think of uh, of performance? Performance is when you can, for me, performance is something which you can measure. So when you bring results on, on the, on the clock or something, something different or pulling higher, higher weights in the weight room, this, this performance for me. Yeah. And then, quite difficult and then, so in, in swimming, Oli, you use the ergo as a cross training, um, routine or method i'm interested now in rowing do you use do you still swim as a cross training session for your rowing now yes i used to swim uh, um sometimes okay okay because it's uh, i really enjoy to do um more cross training um during my rowing career than i um could do in swimming because in swimming you really don't have much time to do anything else than swimming and rowing gives you the opportunity to just um, go on the bike, go on the erg, go um, swimming or whatever, cross-country skiing. Yeah. That's what I really enjoy. And do you, I mean, there, there's a lot of, of, of elements of different cross-training for rowing. What, is, uh, what are the ones that you enjoy the most? Do you do a lot of, uh, of cycling? Mm, I'm not that into cycling, I must say. I prefer swimming um, over cycling but because swimming is for me the best endurance training in my opinion okay and do you do any any running or, or any other sports like that yes I also go running sometimes yeah. okay 
and of course weightlifting. Yes, that's what I did. And then, Oli, when you when you started rowing in the skull, I'm interested to hear what was the most difficult thing that um, that you experienced when you started rowing for the first time. Yeah, the balance. It's uh, just staying in the boat and not fall into the water. This was really the most um, difficult thing for me. Um, because falling into the water is always something which uh, indicates that you can't do something. And this is what I don't like. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, universal, it's a universal experience, I think, of all rows when they start when they jump into the skull the first thing that shocks them is the how difficult it is just to stay in the thing to begin with yeah that's it and then do you um are you do you have to are, are you worried about rowing in in rough conditions and and tricky conditions especially considering how rough the rio olympics were do you think that uh, the tokyo games could also be uh, quite uh, rough and and very windy like that I think the Tokyo Olympics might be quite um, quite windy. I don't think that we will see such conditions as in Rio because um, in Tokyo we have got a straight course, not such an open water yes. lake um, as we had in Rio. So such pictures we saw there won't be able in Tokyo. <laughs> but um, I will prepare for rough conditions in Tokyo definitely because um, it's so close to the sea side um and yeah you have to be prepared for that cool so just um going on to to the end of our of our of our chat and we're going to go into our quick fire questions so these are just a, a group of questions that we ask all the the guests to the show uh, so they're very similar some of the questions you have already answered a little bit of so we'll just uh, we'll just go through them and and see if you if you have any other insights you want to share with us so for the first one uh, I know you already said that the goal is uh, to to race in the single at Tokyo, but maybe for the next Olympics, if you could race any boat class at the at that uh, Paris Games, uh, which boat class would you choose? Mm. I would um, choose the single class again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it takes a it's a special kind of uh, rower that has that uh, respect for the single, and I think once yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> and when you are into this community and. Uh, get to know all the people. These are the people you know the names, the names of. When you um, think about any bigger boats, you maybe don't know them that well as the singer scholars. Yes. So it's a, it's maybe they are maybe the superstars of the sport. Yeah, actually, it was something that I, I want to ask uh, earlier. Was that because uh, you just raced at uh, the the Gold Cup at uh, in Pennsylvania, and mm -hmm. just. Is, and like it just always looks like the the single scholars group just travels around often racing and and touring together and it's it's quite a unique element none of the other boat classes sort of uh, do that so i mean have you learned a lot from uh, from traveling with the other scholars well this was my first real big um traveling um within my rowing career but um it's of course great when you get involved in such an event, um, flying from Europe to America, um, seeing the, um, meeting your um, friends there and make other friends from a world class, um, world class group group of people, and 
it's different to the World Cups or the World Championships where you only see them on the water and then chat um, from cool down or something like that. Um, you really make friends with them and this was an amazing experience. Oh, very cool. What was it like racing at the Gold Cup? Because it's it's a shorter distance. Um, it's a sprint event. So what was it like going up against um, uh, some familiar faces at a, at a different distance? It was a cool experience. Unfortunately, we didn't have that fair um, conditions there. It was uh, really rough and then motorboat waves just destroyed the whole um, the whole race, I would say, because there. this was for me, for me as a nearly a beginner, it was not rollable anymore. And uh, unfortunately, the race uh, wasn't that good for me then. But it's always um, always a great experience to race on other distances against the top guys. Yes. And I, I think, I mean, it's even though it's like really rough, I think it's always a good learning opportunity. And many rowing events around the world have got these these quite big events and the courses and conditions are not even fair. And a notable one is the Henley Royal Regatta. Would you like to <clears throat> go and race at Henley next year? Um, I have to say that it's on my plan. If the national selection doesn't uh, last until the last World Cup, I will be there. Yeah, okay. I think that will be. I think that's another really epic uh, race uh, down next to the boom. So it will be epic to see you there. The, excuse me. I'm um, so we just say it would be very cool to to see you there because it's uh, such an exciting event, and it's uh, it's got it, there's always produces good racing. So it will ah, be okay. exciting yeah. to, yeah, to see you. Um, and I really enjoyed the um, presentation on YouTube and everything. So I really. Um, follow the event this year and this, this is amazing yeah i feel like uh there's there's a lot of cool uh races that are happening around the world and it's it's quite important to to see them um coming to the front and 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 you know upstaging even some of the world rowing events so uh, hopefully we see some of that excitement coming into to the world rowing events at some point but our next question for you is if you could choose, so if you had to row a quad or four at uh, at just uh, at one of the Olympics, and you could choose three people from any time or anywhere in the world to race with, uh, who would your three crewmates be? Can take your so time. I would uh, I would choose the the quad definitely, and then I would row with Andre Sinek, Robbie Manson, and Demi Martin. Jeez, <laughs> that's a that's a quick quad. I'm interested. Why why would you choose those three over the the rest over the rest of the world? Well, I think um, it's always um, also important to um, be good friends with uh, with the people. And um, these three guys, um, I really I like to talk to them. And with Damia and Robbie, I'm really good friends. And uh, Andre is one of my role models, so I wouldn't also want to race with him yeah that would be um as olaf said in our chat with him that would be a lot of uh, chiefs in a boat and uh yeah. <laughs> it would be tricky to get everyone working on uh in one direction but i think that would be quite a Chris, dangerous crew yeah. and then and then ollie in i mean i'm sure you must have been you must have watched a lot of rowing races from the past um already is there is is what is your favorite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again? I mean, it doesn't have to be a race of yours. Is there any 
particular race from one of the previous Olympics that you have enjoyed watching or world champs? Yes, it's the Singer Scars final from 2016 with yeah, the that, close finish. I, I, Mahe, Damia, this is... Um, very satisfying to see what uh, how hard rowing can be on one point, but also how how a race how um, interesting a race can be. Yeah, also I love that race as well. I was actually in the grandstands. Both of us were in yeah. the grandstands uh, for that race, and you know it's one of the the rare times where you just see two people going all out against each other and and not giving a single foot to the other person and really neck and neck for. For a long portion of that race, it was uh, you couldn't decide who was going to win. It really was incredible, incredible race. And then, Oli, the next question we, we like asking um, the people that we speak to on the show because they always have very uh, interesting, interesting opinions um, about it. If you were in charge of wool drawing, what would you change? That's a good question. <laughs> Um, I would um, schedule the world championships maybe a bit earlier and the other thing is the fairness committee should be um, able to stop a regatta on point and not um, have to meet each other before they um, can do anything against the conditions which was the problem in Ploftiv which is a for me um, as I saw some teammates just um, struggling with the unfair condition and didn't make the next round um, is a big thing for me. So I would change that. Yeah, I think that's that's um, that's a really good point because, I mean, we were also talking about it a lot because our, our one of our boats, the Lightweight Double, um, had to race as soon as the conditions changed and unfortunately they got the short end of the straw. And I think it's an important thing to get right in the sport because it's a lot there's a lot on the line to suddenly um, be given away due to unforeseen conditions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then also, why would you move the, the racing earlier in the year? Um, I think the World Championships should just um, be next to the World Cup, so maybe four weeks after the last World Cup, just to have a um, good routine for all the top scholars there. And... Um, when it's so so late in the year, you really don't have um, much time to do some holiday or something like that. You just have to start again with your training because the national um, national tests and everything are um, on on time. So yeah, just to make sure you have got some time off after the after the season. Okay. Um... So our next question is uh, is a, usually quite a, a tricky one. Some people don't really want to answer it, but we've really actually spoken about uh, the ERG quite a bit. And you said your first ERG was a 550, and you have a dream of, of holding the, Nash, uh, the world record. Uh, what is your current PB on the, on the 2K, on the ERG? My current PB is a 538.6. Okay. That's a monstrously quick time. And then, and also, I mean, we've seen you, you do some, some bigger, some big ergs on the, on the 6K and stuff as well. Did you do that 6K? I saw Chetel Borsch posted a, a, you doing the 6K straight after the Gold Cup. Was that uh, just mm. out of frustration of the weather on the course? Yes, it was some kind of uh, just 
pulling my anger into into something um, sensible, just to do something um, beside the race because this was my best one, of course. And then I just wanted to um, have a good competition against the, against my work there. <laughs> So um, I think you you definitely are the fastest uh, person on the two K that we we've had on yeah. the on the show. So what advice would you? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, quite a cool title to hold. What advice would you give uh, to some of the school kids listening uh, who want to improve on their on their two K or maybe on their pacing strategy and and how you how you execute a two K uh, at at your best? Well, I'm. I must say that I'm terrible in pacing, but um, as an advice to all the um, school people um, hearing this, don't start too quick. You will die in the end. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I think that's something that a lot of rowers have learned multiple times on the Ergo machine. Yes, I learned that every time I did a, um, I did a 2K test, and I'm glad that I'm still dead. I don't think that that's a fair advice to give anyone because I don't think anyone, no one can appreciate that advice without having done an ergo and going out too hard and fading big time in the, the second half of a piece. Yeah, just try it out. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, Oli, we've spoken a bit about the swim, swimming, so this might be an obvious answer, but what if you had to choose a different sport to go to the Olympics in, what would it be and why? Yeah, I think it's swimming because I had the dream to become an Olympian in swimming, and uh, I would choose choose it beside rowing now. But of course, I my focus is now on rowing, and yeah. I don't really think about the the past. So it's it, swimming. You ask me that question, but um, you know, I want to be an Olympic rower. <laughs> And then any other sport besides swimming and rowing that you would be, if, if you could just choose uh, another one to maybe go to the Olympics and what would it be? Good question, good question. I don't think that I'm such uh, so talented in any other sport. <laughs> so it's really hard to... Uh, we have a lot of people that would choose uh, like uh, track cycling. No, more uh, like people when they don't think they can, uh, they choose a sport uh, that they don't think they could ever do. So, like diving or surfing is, uh, surfing is a lot is a big one that people uh, really like to to get would would like to try. Um, yeah, maybe it's um, speed climbing then, <laughs> the new sport. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually. Intense. I think um, I think being uh, over two meters tall and over hundred kilos is uh, is going to write you out of that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but it's still, it's still a cool sport, I think. So. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very cool sport. Swimming and rowing. Yes. Yeah, I know. If you look at all the sports, there's definitely cooler ones than uh, <laughs> than 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 rowing. Yeah. Cool, Ali. Um, that's a that's a wrap for us. So thank you so much for for a big chunk of your time. Yeah, I say thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And then obviously all the best for your training going forward. And we're both really interested to see your progress coming over the next uh, next few years, next few months. So all the best going forward with your racing and your training, right? Yeah, I will do my best. Thank you. What is your, what's your plan for the rest of the year? Do you have any more racing or is it uh, just big blocks of training? 
Yeah, we have got our big test again in the beginning of December. So 2K Erg in the next day, the 6K on the uh, in the boat. So this is the next competition. And then we have got a training camp in December. And that's it. Yeah, for this year. yeah, we also big Erg trials coming up uh, next week for us. So yeah. we'll have to see where we where we land. So best of best of luck. Yeah, and then I'm sure sure we'll see you in the season somewhere along the way. So good luck and yeah, enjoy. Yeah, thank you. Right, sweet cheers, Oli. Cool. So that's a wrap for our epic uh, Oli Zeidler episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it and got some good insights from that. And for the school kids listening, now you have some uh, new goals on the Oak to to chase down. Yeah, of course, and. of course, please support us. Uh, go listen to all our other episodes. We've got a few up there. If you didn't catch the Jake Vessel episodes, go listen to that in our season re- recap. But we would love to hear uh, any feedback that you have. We, uh, you can send us through an email. You can follow us on Instagram and there's a WhatsApp. Um, you can WhatsApp us by following the number in our show notes below. But otherwise, let us know what you think and um, enjoy the rest of your days. That's it from us. We're out. We're out. Cheers. Ciao. Um, back to swimming. I'm, I'm interested, interested, interest, interested to hear. <laughs>